Welcome to Faith That Works in Real Life, the weekly sermon podcast produced by Messiah Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Let's get started. Friends, <clears throat> this is Transfiguration Sunday. This is, uh, as I'll say a little bit later, but this is the Sunday right before Ash Wednesday every year. We have this same text from the different Gospels. This year it's Mark. Um, but it's also in Luke and Matthew as well. It's not in John's gospel, by the way, but this story is in the other gospels, and, and uh, we have it every year at this time of the year uh, for this purpose, to recognize Jesus' light in the world. And so uh, our holy gospel, according to Mark, the ninth chapter, glory to you, O Lord. <clears throat> Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, friends, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I can only imagine what it'll be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine, yeah. I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever 
forever worship you. I can only imagine. Dear God, our story today reminds us, reminds us, it gives us a glimpse of what we think, what we, we, we might see when we see you. Again, you've left it to our imagination. But more than that, you've made your presence known to us. And so we, we may not see you as, as clearly as they did on that mountain in that way, but we know you're present in the world. We know you're present in our lives. And so we ask, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, to see in the ways in which you work in the world around us, in the people around us, so that we are always reminded of your presence. And now, Lord, I pray that you will be the words I speak and that they will bring you glory and honor. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Some of you have probably had this conversation. <clears throat> Unexpectedly, a small boy asks his mother, Mommy, does marriage make you have babies? Reluctantly, the mother answers her son, Well, not exactly. Just because you're married does not mean you have a baby. But he wasn't finished. So, Mommy, how do you make babies? Unenthusiastically, the mother takes a breath and says, it's kind of hard to explain. So the young boy thought about this for a moment, and he moves close to his mom's face, and he looks her right in the eye and says carefully, Mom, you don't really know how it works, do you? And now some of you might have explaining to do later. You're welcome. Kidding aside, this Sunday is similar to responding to the small boy's question because it deals with the transfiguration of Jesus. We encounter it again every single year. This is the last Sunday of Epiphany. The Sunday right before Ash Wednesday, the transfiguration of our Lord. It's one of those, what does that mean, and, and how am I supposed to explain that kind of stories? It's difficult because, like the little boy told his mother, we don't really know how it works. And when you don't know how something works, it's hard to explain. Before I jump into the text a little further, I want to ask you, my, my, my premise today is where do you see God in the world? And I, I put my, my phone number on there, my email, or if you scan the, the QR code, you could tell us. But I would love to hear where people see God in the world. I'm going to come back to that again, but uh, I almost forgot it, but, I, but I'd love for you to uh, say that. I, I got some from the first service. Uh, let me share them with you real quick. Um, 
I won't say who, but I'll tell you. Um, One said, each time I look into the eyes and see the smile of a small child, I see God. Someone said, I saw God in Florida. Um, The plane that crashed there um, on one of the busiest highways, the people survived. They drove by the crash site on the way to the airport the next day. Another person said, I rejoice in God's creation each time I go for a hike. So much beauty and so much peace. So if you got something to share with me, by all means, and I won't necessarily read it out loud or I won't tell who it's from, but um, I would love to hear where you see God in the world. And and maybe my message today will, will help to clarify that a little more. So back to our story, Jesus invites Peter, James, and John. And they go up to a mountain to pray, sort of a a midweek mini-retreat. They're ecstatic, James, John, and Peter, because they get to go with the teacher. Nobody else gets to go with them. They get to go. So they're on the mountaintop praying up a storm. Jesus talks into his iPhone. He says, beam down to, Dad. And suddenly... Like a Star Trek episode, right? Moses and Elijah are standing next to Jesus like two ghosts from the past. Then we're told the disciples were terrified. Well, yeah, right? Who wouldn't have been? Out of the clear blue, the teacher they've been following for two or three years starts to glow and shine. And then these ghosts are standing next to him. Right? And these are two of the most powerful and beloved people. Of course, they would be terrified. And just as suddenly as they appeared, Moses and Elijah are gone. It's only Jesus. And Jesus is back to normal. He's not glowing. But not before they heard from God first. And not before Peter babbles his foot into his mouth. But nonetheless, it's a strange story. Tell me, Pastor, what happened here? What does it mean? And you can look at me and say, you really don't know, do you? I am completing my first three-year term on the Indiana-Kentucky Synod Council. And the council is a somewhat diverse group made up of people from Indiana and Kentucky, pastors and lay leaders, women and men, etc. This council meets with the bishop and the staff about six times a year, drive down to Indy, and a stay overnight for a day and a half long meeting. It begins on Friday night and it ends Saturday afternoon. Who wouldn't love a day and a half long meeting? But it starts with devotions, some sort, or or worship of some kind. And then we launch into this discussion around the room. Everybody around the table participates. And the question we answer is, where have you seen God in the world? And here you have 25 people, all from different places, talking about where they see God. 
Faith That Works in Real Life is brought to you by Messiah Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. To learn more about how to connect with our church community, please visit messiahlc.com. Let's get back to the message. I mean, if I'm honest, it's the best part of the entire weekend, the meeting that I have to be there. Sometimes there's tears, sometimes there's laughter, but it's a moment in time where I sense God is deeply present in our midst. So about a year ago, maybe, maybe more, I, I began to practice this with our staff at Messiah, and I've tried it with our board of directors too. It's very intentional. Some like it, some don't, some aren't as comfortable with it. You know, our staff is, is, is pretty average spiritually, right? Heidi's probably a C. Pastor Brian might be a B plus. I'm kidding. We've laughed and we've smiled and we've cried. It's not always an easy practice. It makes us vulnerable to share where we see God. But church life and ministry is difficult. And it's very easy to simply focus on all the problems. It's easy to forget about God's presence. Even in the church, it's easy to forget about God's presence. So it's a great way for us to approach ministry before we even get into the business at hand by thinking about where God is in our lives and in the world. And I think it helps give us a different perspective as we think about the the challenges that we have to figure out or resolve. In fact, that's where I was last weekend. I needed a different perspective. I have been spiritually and emotionally bankrupt, empty. I have nothing. And I needed a reminder of God's presence. I have a bazillion stories to draw upon in my life. I have seen God work in the most amazing ways in my own life and in others. And I draw upon those I have many, many times in the past. But that moment, last weekend, I needed God now. I needed to know God's presence. My week ended in Crawfordsville, Indiana the home of Wabash College, for an annual uh, uh, reunion that I have with a program that I participated in. And just in case you didn't know, Wabash College is not in Wabash, Indiana. It is in Crawfordsville, Indiana. I still haven't figured out why. But it's about a three-hour drive from here. So I texted Pastor Brian, and I told him I needed some some AA time. I needed some self-care time, some Uh, attitude adjustment is what I call it, and I asked if he would cover the weekend so I could do that. I even offered him a chance to win the chili cook-off, and he blew that. Anyway, I I went to several AA meetings, and that that may not sound very amazing at all or like a large feat, but in Crawfordsville, Indiana, it is. In Fort Wayne, there's 20 meetings a day, morning, noon, night. But in Crawfordsville, there isn't even one every day. It's not uncommon for people to have to drive 20 or 30 miles to get to a meeting. 
So during my lunch break on Friday, I went to a meeting at a little church right by the college. It was the only one in Crawfordsville, right? And there wasn't another one until Saturday night. But I wanted to go to another meeting. I needed to go to another meeting. So uh, the nearest meeting was at 8 p.m. in Lafayette, 28 miles away. So I drive up to Lafayette on Friday night. I find the meeting place, but there isn't a meeting there, right? It moved and it changed times. It's not in the app, but that's what happened. So I stopped at a gas station to ask about my location. All these young people are walking around, and I said, asked the tenant, I said, why are there so many young people around here? And she responds, well, they're students. I said, students for what? She said, from the campus. I said, what campus? Seriously, she helped direct me to find this little church I was looking for. I, I got there early. There's a guy, out, guy on the sidewalk or sitting on a little thing and waiting. They hadn't opened the doors yet, right? And we start talking. He says something about a Kevin. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know who he's talking about, right? So we get inside. People show up. We're greeting one another. And the meeting starts. And suddenly, a Kevin that I do know walks in the meeting. Walks around the room, I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, oh my God, and sits right next to me. The meeting's going on. So I lean over and whisper, I say, are you Kevin from Kokomo? He nods his head. I said, I'm Tim from the 13th Step House in Fort Wayne. He jumped out of his chair, yells, oh my God! Oh, my God. And then he gives me this big hug. And he says, this is the guy. He's pointing to me. This is the guy. He helped me get sober. Twenty-nine years ago, he's still sober. I went out and got drunk. (laughs) He stayed sober. I got back to the hotel room, got on my knees, and I wept a little bit. And I just said, thank you, God. I mean, that man is from Kokomo. I'm visiting Crawfordsville, Indiana. I pick, randomly pick a meeting in Lafayette, and I'm on the struggle bus to boot. Coincidence? Hmm? Or did God hear my plea? Did God's presence break into my life? Yes. When God's presence suddenly breaks into our lives, it leaves us confused and bewildered, overwhelmed, awestruck. Maybe all of those at the same time, all together. But when we recognize it, it changes our perspective. And God still does that. In my opinion, too often we walk around complaining about all the things that are wrong with our church or with our community, with our country, with the world. 
and we miss and we overlook where God is breaking into the world, where God is coming into our lives, where people are having these experiences where Jesus is showing up. That's what will change our perspective. Those are the occurrences that prepare us for life in the valley of the shadow of death. For real life. Here we talk about that's what we mean when we say faith that works in real life. God breaks into our lives. Sometimes it's here. Sometimes it's through others. Sometimes it's through communion. Sometimes it's through touching the water. Someone after the service said, oh my gosh, I touched the water when I came up for communion and it just hit me. These experiences tell us and reaffirm for us that whatever the situation, wherever we're at in life, we are not alone. God is with us. God hears us. It may not happen like what we want it to happen or the way we want it to happen, but God makes God's self known to us. There's more to that story that I could share to you because my, that whole week in my life was just like torn apart, but in a healing way. Things I read and people I talked to and that situation, running into Kevin, not seeing him for almost 28 years. And he's still sober. You know, That may seem like a random, um, unbelievable situation. But that's just my point. It doesn't have to be that. It's seeing God when I look at a child. It's seeing God when I walk in nature. It's seeing God when I see someone that's hungry being fed. It's seeing God. When someone helps someone push their car off to the side of the road so it gets out of the road because they need help. God is all around. We don't have to be on the mountaintop to see it. God is with us, and we are not alone. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for the ways that you break into our world, that you break into our lives. Thank you for the ways that you remind us. You remind us of your love for us. That you love us re regardless. Your love is unfaltering, unending. And we get to see it in the way Jesus acts and responds and lives through the scriptures. So God, open our eyes, open our hearts to see you in the world around us, to see you in the people that are around us. Transfigure our lives, transfigure our hearts, transfigure our eyesight, transfigure our thinking. 
so that we become more and more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening to Faith That Works in Real Life, a podcast produced by Messiah Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Please follow us on social media and listen to our podcast on your favorite platform.